If you're feeling exhausted, it may not necessarily be COVID brain or not getting enough sleep or exercising too much or just working too many hours or some of the other common reasons you might think. I'll explain. Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. Welcome to this episode. I hope you're doing well and feeling eager and energized, but chances are pretty good that you may not be since you're listening to this episode. So I just wanted to share a few of my thoughts about why that may be happening. Um, Of course, if you listen to one of my previous episodes on dealing with everyday disruptions, I touched on the importance of setting better boundaries and sticking to routines that serve you well. And I believe that that can help you with exhaustion when you feel like you have better control over your day, focused on issues that matter to you and working on them in ways that play to your natural style and strengths. So I wanted to elaborate and go deeper about the importance of really understanding your natural style you know, what drives you, uh, key skill strengths, so you can go about your work in a way that allows you to leverage them and that makes your work easier. And that's the premise of my argument, that you work more effortlessly and with more energy when you're working in alignment with who you are and how you're naturally wired. And if you're thinking, well, okay, that's great, Gail. I just have to do my job, though, and there are expectations that I have to meet, and I can't change anything. Um, I just want to caution you. You might be thinking work is work, you know, and it has to be difficult. So I just want to challenge your thinking. This is a complicated topic, and and I'll share lots of examples of, of differences among people so you can see if any resonate with you and determine what you can do to bring yourself into better alignment with your natural way of operating. You know, I mentioned communication style, understanding what motivates you or drives you and skill strength. So let's just touch on communication style. And, you know, some of the assessments that I use, we look at four different aspects of someone's communication style, how they attack problems, how they engage with people, the pace at which they like to operate, and then their orientation toward procedures and following rules, that kind of thing. So have you ever been in a meeting talking about a problem? And before you can fully explain the problem, someone jumps in and says, we just need to do this, whatever, Uh, you know, who knows what the context is. They might say, well, we just need to fire the person or we, we just need to change the system or buy the software that they're, they're really quick to jump in with what they think this, the solution should be. And they speak forcefully and directly They're decisive. They attack issues with a sense of urgency. And then you may be in a situation where you see the opposite, where the person wants to reflect and slow down and really think things through, taking more time. It's not that they don't act, they just do it differently. So this alone can be exhausting for both parties when they're in situations that don't allow them to honor their natural way of operating. The person who likes to act fast and make quick decisions gets frustrated with the person who wants space or time to think things through and, uh, you know, apparently seems to lack that sense of urgency. And then the other person gets frustrated when they feel pressure to make decisions before they're ready or when they feel like they've, they've been overridden or they've pushed too quickly. You probably lean one way or the other in this kind of example. The point is to try to align the work that you're doing 
in a way that plays to your strength. Maybe you're in a role that requires you to make fast decisions and you're naturally wired to do that. That's great. Or maybe you're in a role that allows you to work more slowly and think things through. Of course, it's even more important for people to understand each other's natural strengths and preferences so they can work together better, meet in the middle somewhere and adapt in situations when they need to, to the extent that they can do that. So let's look at another example, common one of differences between people. Some are more extroverted and others are more introverted. Now, I don't like labeling or pigeonholing people. That's why I say more extroverted or more introverted. Um, But people who tend to be more extroverted are energized by being around people. They enjoy talking to people. It's engaging to them compared to people who are the opposite more introverted, where they are comfortable one-on-one or in their world of ideas or can be energized even being alone. So you might have two people in the same experience. They could be at a conference with a lot of people or maybe at a party or a large event. Introverted types, including myself in that category, will often feel exhaustion during or after that event. I know that even when I speak on stage or run a large group event on Zoom, I need to build in time after that to decompress. I enjoy the aspect of what I do speaking to people, but it's not in my natural way of operating. So I do what I need to do to compensate. Sometimes I even need a nap. And and I try to align much of my work with what does come more naturally to me. For example, this podcast. People often ask me, how in the world, Gail, do you do an episode every week? And and I've done one now, over 90 episodes, um, since I started this podcast during the pandemic a couple of years ago. And I tell them, it's not that difficult for me. I live in the world of ideas. I'm a creative thinker. And I'm very motivated to want to make things easier for leaders to share the expertise that I have or ideas that might help them go about their work in a better way. So it's that combination of doing what comes naturally to me combined with my motivation to want to help people that makes this podcast project work. At least I think it's working. <laughs> and, you know, and it was a challenge at first. I had to, to learn this skill, but it does seem to be a more natural fit given who I am. Now let's look at another typical example of differences. People who like to play by the rules, you know, analyze things, do things just a certain way versus those who might want to march a little more to their own drum. And and just a reminder, there's there's not a, a good or bad here. It's just that people are wired differently. Analytical types have a strong desire to do things Uh, the right way. (laughs) They tend to be well-organized on time. So if you're a person who's not naturally wired that way, it will be exhausting if you're in a role where you have to pay a lot of attention to detail, following rules, complying with, with procedures, doing things a certain way. Great example of this might be if you work at a law firm and you have to report your hours. Recording or documenting your time takes so much more effort for you. Just doesn't come as naturally. Uh, So it's worth considering changing or adapting the system or having discussion around processes that might make it easier for people who have trouble with that. And again, it sounds like a no brainer to people who are naturally organized and track things, but to other people, it's frustrating and exhausting if they're not that task focused. Another example, have you ever been in a meeting where you're asked to envision new possibilities, maybe a visioning session, or you're having to do something that requires you to think more conceptually, blue sky thinking, brainstorming, no rules. Maybe you find that challenging. It requires futuristic thinking, which is a skill that not everyone has. 
you might prefer to be involved in work or discussions where there are more tangible things being discussed. I know I've shared this confession before from one of my executive clients. He said, I don't like all this strategic stuff. Just give me a problem I can solve. His skill strength was in the area of analytical problem solving. And that's a skill that not everyone has. So again, neither good nor bad. It's just what it is. If you can be more involved in work that allows you to do more of what you're good at and enjoy, and the two are not always the same, (laughs) you'll find more energy. And by the way, one of the keys to running a team or a business is making sure that you have a mix of people who are wired differently. Diversity is a good thing. If you have some people who want to accelerate, make sure you have others who know how to put on the brakes. Do what you can to align your work with what comes naturally to you. I listened to one business owner recently who is highly analytical in the tech field who's looking to hire salespeople. Why? Because he's exhausted trying to sell. He knows that that's not his strength. Sometimes it takes experiencing the pain of trying to do so much yourself until you realize how futile it is to try to do so many things. Exhaustion is a good clue. Kelly Todd spoke to that as well on my previous episode. Um, That one was called Investigating the Personal Leadership Journey of CEO Kelly Todd. She mentioned the exhaustion she experienced being involved in multiple businesses at one point until she found her sweet spot in her forensic accounting firm. I experience exhaustion myself, having to set up systems, uh, dealing with a lot of details. I have a vision for how I want things to look and to be done, uh, but I don't have the natural administrative organizational skill. That's why I'm looking for some, some more administrative help. Does not come naturally to me. Now, for those of you who might argue, isn't that just part of the growth process and where you could learn new skills and get out of your comfort zone? Uh, I say yes, and that's something I often advocate with the caveat that your top priority should be leveraging what you do best naturally or how you're naturally wired. We all have different gifts that can go unrealized if you're trying too hard to conform to expectations that require you to work too hard. There, I said it again, work doesn't have to be so hard. So here's a quick exercise to try. Think about when and where you were most energized in your work and where you are most exhausted. Two columns, you know, jot down some notes, make it simple. List of what I really like and enjoy is, is one list. And the other is what I really don't like and don't enjoy. That's a good starting point to increase your awareness about you know, what you want to do more of or less of. Don't underestimate the power of this simple exercise. Then you can ask yourself of everything on both lists, the tasks that you list or the aspects of your work that you list, what's most important? To my role. You might want to just circle what are the items that are most important to my role or my job and think, how can I do more of what I enjoy and leverage that more? And how can I minimize what doesn't come naturally to me? Maybe it's trying a new approach. Maybe it's modifying a process to work better for you. Maybe it's delegating or hiring someone. The bottom line, the more self-awareness you have, the better position you're in to improve or change aspects of your work that are within your control, to work in your own flow, to align yourself better, so to speak. For those areas that you think are out of your control, try to influence where you can. Ideally, you want to know the natural strengths of everyone on the team to help other people work together better. And one key point that I would be remiss not to make, don't judge. 
Don't judge yourself or other people. People can easily feel shame if they know they struggle in a certain area. Maybe it's that introverted person forced to speak in public or the manager who holds meetings that are way too long because he likes to talk a lot or the leader who micromanages because they're motivated by control. They need that power. Seek to understand, then see the experience as an opportunity to figure out what can change to make work better for you or your team. Of course, if you need some help figuring this out, we have resources, tools, and assessments that can help you get to the heart of issues more quickly. Just reach out to me if you'd like to discuss. You can send an email to admin at workmatters.com. So yes, there are lots of possible reasons for exhaustion. Working out of alignment or having to work in a way that doesn't come naturally to you is worth considering. My hope is that you can turn exhaustion into energy, turn fatigue into freedom to do the work that matters to you based on who you truly are. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, be sure to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. You can join my email list by going to workmatters.com so you don't miss an episode. And there you can learn more about ways we serve mission-driven leaders like you. If there's a challenge you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, keep growing as a leader, inspiring change, and doing the work that matters to you.